What's up, party people? Welcome back to Ballads and Benefits. I'm your host, Sims Tillerson. Every episode, I interview a benefits broker to learn their story, learn what makes them different in the marketplace, and talk a little bit about the music they're listening to today. Today's guest is 2021 Benefits Pro Broker of the Year, Ed Legand. Ed, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Sims. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So we're we're fresh off your win and a trip to beautiful San Diego where I got to meet you for the first time. It was a lot of fun. Um, how have things been for you since you were named the the winner of this prestigious award? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, pretty overwhelming, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, one, I didn't obviously expect uh, getting the award. I was already just honored enough just being a finalist amongst the other finalists. Um, but upon that announcement, uh, it's just been a whirlwind. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm in a very high stage of gratitude right now in my life and in my career. And, and um, you know, hoping that this is just the beginning for us. So I'm, I'm feeling really great, man. Thank you. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, we're really happy for you. And I'm obviously glad to have you on the show and to get to know you and allow our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So we'll go ahead and jump right in. The first question I like to start with, Ed, is how did you get into the benefits business? You know, what made you want to get into the business and what was your path? Because I don't think any of us when we were five years old said, oh, I want to be an insurance consultant when I grow up. But we somehow end up here one way or another. Yeah, they always say this benefits business finds you, you don't find it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, you bring up a good point. And, um, you know, I always joke around that, you know, I was born to be a broker. This is obviously a joke. But, um, you know, for me, it was just a similar story to several other people where you kind of fall into it by accident. Uh, you know, I, I got into a, a great internship and full-time role after I graduated college at UCLA uh, with Northwestern Mutual doing individual financial advising and things of that nature. But, you know, that just wasn't for me chasing down my family and friends and trying to sell them individual <laughs> life insurance and long-term care, you know, and I'm this little 22 year old kid trying to sell life insurance, the downturn of the economy in 2008. Right. So uh, it was a tough gig, but um, I really wanted to get into medical device sales actually. And they needed you to have business to business sales experience, mm. but I had business to consumer sales experience, right? I wasn't really selling the businesses. So I was looking for one of the, you know, paychecks roles or ADP roles to help me get some of that business to business experience, just as a, to leapfrog me into the uh, medical device sales business. And uh, a good friend of mine at the time, who was a broker, uh, was working for his mother-in-law decided, you know, hey, why don't you join us? I think we're trying to grow our firm and you know, you're already licensed. Why don't you come over here? So I kind of took a leap of faith at that point. It was business to business sales uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, 12 years later, here I am. <laughs> so that's how I landed. Just always like by quicksand, accident, man. They got me stuck in here. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get out of this biz once you get in. And I, I mean, I think internally we, you know, we have our qualms with the industry itself with some of the broken pieces, but I know at least for me, I got in the business accidentally, but I've loved it since I've been here and it'll be tough to go anywhere else if I ever do. 
Yeah, no, I, I kind of feel the same. You know, I, I try, I've, I've tried actually looking externally and seeing, you know, what other things could I do in case this this business just kind of went kaput. And um, it, it's hard. You know, I'm actually really enjoying it right yeah. now. Um, not just because of what happened last week, but but before then, which is feeling very. I can't quit now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I was. You know, I have a great team and really excited about the future of where this business is leading. So. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that we're here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope that you are too. And that's a great segue into what I want to talk about next. And that's, you know, I'm sure everyone is interested in, in what it is that you feel has differentiated you from the pack so much so that you were named the broker of the year this year. And I'm interested in that. And I'm also interested in hearing about what it is that makes you and your your team as a whole different in the way you approach the benefits business. Um, because there are so many consultants all over the country and we all have access to the same products and strategies. So what is it about you and your team that is so different? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, but, but a quick shout out to the other finalists because you know I've gotten to meet them and, and I'm hoping to continue to, to, to work with them in the future. Yeah. You know, to 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 Megan, to Mike, to Tom, to Rachel. I mean, they're just amazing human beings. So, um, but you know, what makes us different <clears throat> for me? I guess the main belief that I have is that employee benefits doesn't just equal insurance, right? We're in the employee benefit industry, or rather, if you kind of you know take more of the helicopter approach, we're more in the people business. Yeah. So, you know. I feel like our role as brokers or as advisors has become so antiquated throughout time. And, and what I mean by that is it's very reactionary, very um, reactive, very, you know, non-advisory based and, and transactional. And that is something that I felt as, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in this business for a long time. That is my belief. And I also believe that, you know, employers have an incredible opportunity to enhance the employee experience. I mean, if you think about it, you know, most human beings who are employed are spending most of their working hours or their awake hours at a place called work. Mm -hmm. And as employers, if we're expecting employees to give their best selves every single day, then we have the opportunity to at least give them the tools and the resources to not only have a great work life, but also a great work life balance. And maybe they're going through things from a personal perspective. And if you can give them the tools and resources to deal with those things, whether it's mental health related, whether it's family planning related, then, you know, you're, you're creating that extra, you know, long lasting bond between the employer and the employee. And so when I made my career transition over to Nielsen Benefits, where I am now, everyone was on the same page. Everyone believed that, you know what? you're right. We're not just doing insurance. We are touching the lives of employees at the end of the day and trying to make their lives better than the day before. What kind of tools and resources can we deploy so that employers can shine, right? And they can also market their benefits to, you know, maybe new hires that they're trying to recruit, um, but also create a better bond from an, an existing, um, you know, employee-employer perspective to create, you know, less turnover and uh, a better bond going forward. So, yeah, I don't know if that uh, kind of answers your question. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And I think that we in the biz can get locked up in the approach that a broker's role is to hound a, a handful of carriers a few weeks before 
renewal every year and <laughs> give you your new plans and then they disappear. And so that approach is refreshing. I know that you're certainly not the only person in the country taking that approach, but it's not one that's become really, really mainstream and popular. And I'm sure we'd both love to see that happen at some point in the future. Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's one of those, everyone has a different approach, everyone has a different belief. Um, and, but, you know, as much as clients get to choose who they work with, I believe that we as brokers also get to choose that too, right? And so, you know, brokers who have a certain belief are going to attract clientele who believe in that same belief. And, you know, we are attracting clients that believe the same things we believe, right? And so there is no right way um, that I feel like you should believe, right? You know, I met a ton of brokers who have slightly different beliefs than, than we do, but they're all pushing forward. They're trying to enhance the, the healthcare experience, the, the member experience, and bring a much better experience in what our, you know, country is doing right now. And so that's what, that's, that's what keeps me excited about this industry is that there's so many people collaborating and trying to bend that cost curve down, if you will, and uh, bring a, a better experience as a whole. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great thing. It's definitely never a boring day in the benefits business, Ed. That is true. That is true. Especially right now. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of changes to be certain. All right. I'm going to ask you a hard question I didn't prepare you for, so you can pass if you need to. If you could change <laughs> one thing about the healthcare or benefits industry right now to better the lives of you know, of your clients and maybe people everywhere, what would that be? Well, for one thing, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a two-part answer if I had to, to kind of answer it in one way. And so bear with me, but the first of which is personalization. I feel like there isn't enough of that. And maybe we just don't have enough of the education around the tools that are, are out there for members. And what I mean by that is this, you know, you how many times have you been shopping for something? Or I guarantee you, you know, once we get off this right now, I'm going to have an ad for something on my phone, just right. So whether we're getting cookied, whether, you know, our apps are listening to us or whatever the situation is, you know, the, the tools and technologies we have available to us for our day-to-day -day lifestyle needs are tailored to our interests, right? Are tailored to what, you know, these resources think that we need. However, from a healthcare perspective, we don't negotiate, we don't ask for the price before we get anything done, but we do for every, everything else in this world. That's the one area that from a, a consumerism perspective, we aren't doing enough as consumers. So is the system great? No, not at all, right? This is exactly what we're trying to fight against. But I also believe from a member perspective, we're not equipped enough to know exactly what to ask, when to ask, how to ask, uh, and when to fight as well. There's great people out there like Marshall Allen, who's written this new book, you know, never pay the first bill. And, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about what he put together there because it's going to give members the tools and resources and how to ensure that they're not overpaying for resources, right? I mean, here's a, here's a really brief example. When, when my wife and I had our second child, we got billed, I think, over five or $6,000 for um, one of the doctors during, I mean, she had to go to the, uh, the NICU for a couple of days, but um, it was it was a short, a very short stay, but we got billed over five thousand dollars for it. And on our invoice, it said the insurance had already paid. Now, 
luckily my wife's married to a broker. So, you know, she fought back immediately and said, mm, something doesn't smell right. But how many people would have just paid that bill or set up a payment plan? And that, those are the types of things that frustrate me. And I know frustrate a lot of brokers out there. So, um, you know, just taking it as it comes is without realizing the resources and things that are out there are, are something that I'm hoping to change from an educational perspective um, and personalization perspective. And then secondly, it's just the transparency of it all, knowing exactly how much things are going to cost before they happen. None of this game about, you know, what insurance carriers and hospitals are doing on the back end um, and remove a lot of that red tape and just make sure we're focused on the number one client at the end of the day, which is the patient. It shouldn't be that hard. Right. Right. It, it, but it, for some reason it is, and I'm learning more and more and more about this, and I'm getting more and more and more frustrated the more I learn. But that also creates an opportunity for us, right? Through adversity, I believe, you know, opportunities exist. And so if we can continue to band together and, you know, understand exactly what's going on and, and expose it, you know, respectfully, you know, and then we can truly find a way to not only bring that transparency to light, but also find a way to bring the tools together to personalize the experience for the member. So, yeah, that's that's very uh, powerful. Do you think that we're headed in in the right direction right now? I'm sure we could always make change faster, but yeah, that's a, you know sometimes I I can be guilty and always wanting instant gratification. So, um, are we headed in the right direction? You know, I, I want to say yes, uh, in the sense that, you know, we're the train is on the tracks, if you will. And, you know, with administration trying to pass these transparency laws, but I just saw that it got delayed again. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to answer that question and say yes, because a lot of these just become a political game. Yeah. And it's, it's instead of having these parties sitting together and trying to get on the same page, it's him versus her, her versus this idea or whatever the situation is versus, again, focusing on what is the true issue here and can we come together to blow open, you know, the roof on this thing and dive in and actually fix what's going on. Um, I'm not seeing enough of that. And so that's where I think, you know, as, as brokers, we have that opportunity, right, to, um, you know, expose those situations and uh, do what we can with our communities, at least, until we have um, a lot more change coming from an industry, top-level industry perspective. Yeah. Well, that the the localized, grassroots kind of approach is going to be meaningful and, and impactful, to be certain. So I'm glad to see folks like you doing that kind of work. Um, another question that I didn't prepare you for. This is going to be the last one. Um, and this will be a little hot button. So that's a disclaimer for any of you that are listening. If you're easily offended, hit the pause button or fast forward. So Ed, this, our industry has traditionally been what I like to call stale male and pale. It's full of old white dudes. Um, and really even now the, the number of young people coming into the business, the number of people of color and number of women coming into the business is pretty low. What are your thoughts on that in general? Um, and do you think that 
you know, the, the recent notoriety you're getting is going to help maybe spark some interest in people that don't look like me? You know, um, first of all, it's a, it's a loaded question, of course, um, but a great one. And first of all, I'm just glad you're even asking the question because I think too many people shy away from the subject in and of itself. Uh, and the second thing is, I feel like, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is starting to turn into more of a check the box than an actual movement mm -hmm. towards actual diversity, equity, and inclusion. So <clears throat> in our industry, you know, I've heard that, I've heard that before, right? The pale, fail and male. I want to be clear that those are not my words, <laughs> but, um, but I totally understand what, what is meant behind that. Um, you know, going to that benefits pro conference actually was pretty pretty enlightening for me because i did see you know what i would uh, what i would see a very eclectic group you wouldn't i didn't necessarily look at the audience that was there and just assume oh that, yep that's the insurance industry it didn't look like that 15 years ago i don't know that i would say the same thing right and so do you know to to answer a question you didn't ask which is are you moving in the right direction i feel like we are um you know from an from an uh, multi-generational perspective we have people of all ages in this industry now but what i also believe we need to do is you know take a look at people from different backgrounds but also different um industries mm -hmm. because industry you know industry knowledge from other types of industries are just bring a completely different level of perspective and things of that nature as well you know, I, one of the reasons why I feel like we're ha we have more of a, a diverse industry now than we have in the past and where I, I see it happening more and more in the future is the more innovation we want, the more outside of our box we need to reach, right? Um, and, and getting that type of feedback, getting that type of support and, you know, bringing more and more technology. Technology is here to stay. It's only getting yep. better and better. Right. And you're going to get tech technological advances from all different types, all different parts of the world. Uh, and bringing all of that, you know, knowledge and power within this industry is only going to make us better. Uh, so we need to embrace that um, and be open to that kind of change. Um, as far as, you know, my, you know, my recent award, um, you know, it's crazy. I look at that, that, that magazine now and <clears throat> a lot of people have asked me about that and just said, you know, how do you feel about being a black man on a cover of a not so black industry? You know, um, and I never really gave it much thought before this, but I hope it, it just inspires inspiration for people of color and people of different, you know, genders and, 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 and ideals to dive into this industry, to realize it's more than just insurance, to realize that they can have an impact no matter where they come from, how they look, what they believe. So that is my goal. That is my inspiration. I'm going to try to use it as a platform to bring more and more people into it. Um, that is my hope. I try to, I try to always see the good in people and the good in industries. And so I, I really hope that this does spur more conversation, more openness or open-mindedness, if you will, um, to allow these things to happen. Yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, it does. And I, I agree with you. I asked it in a loaded way, but looking at, at the exhibit hall when I was in it and then looking at the, the panel of finalists even. I had the feeling you did that we're moving in the right direction. Um, still certainly always a lot more work to do, but I'm, I'm glad to have had your thoughts there. And I imagine that 
you being on the cover of that magazine is going to be a source of hope for a lot of people. So uh, I appreciate that very much. So Ed, the next part of our show is all about music. So before we dive in, I want to give, I want to give you a chance for Ed's final thoughts on benefits before we, we talk a little fun stuff. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, again, I would say some of the things I'm, I'm focused on right now are um, trying to just really refine what I mean by enhancing that employee experience and helping employers from uh, a non-insurance perspective as well, right? So of course, insurance is our bread and butter, but I, I really love to focus on the other things that make employees tick. We've got different generations in the workforce. Let's, let's find the things that they love and can help employers recruit that much easier uh, and keep them. So, but I'm also excited to dive more into customizing health plans and customizing that healthcare experience. There's just so much you can do to help bring that cost curve down as much as possible. We've been successful over the last 18 months, even just to, uh, in, in conversations with the C-suite and with uh, people operations and HR and helping them customize their ideal employee benefit experience. So hoping to do more of that and um, really excited to collaborate with people like yourself, Sims, and, and, and uh, other people that I've met, you know, even through Benefits Pro and NextGen and things of that nature. Absolutely, man. It's a, we got a great group of people around the business, so I'm excited to work with all of y'all as well. All right. So we recently did some travel, Ed, and if you're like me, you got to listen to some music when you do it. So what, what have you been listening to here recently as we've been traveling? Well, I've been doing a lot of driving and uh, with my family, and uh, my family loves country music, believe it or not. So, um, and what's funny is a lot of people look at me and don't expect that, right? But I do. Uh, one, and then I know <laughs> I didn't like it growing up, to be honest with you. Um, but after I met my wife, they, they, you know, I just kind of changed. I started focusing more on the lyrics and mm -hmm. things of that nature and, and some of the songs, you know. Uh, it's got a good rhythm to it so I like that but I also love you know R&B and hip-hop too you know and um, love the dance so that kind of music gets me going so yeah <laughs> any any particular country song and hip-hop song rising to the top for you maybe I hate asking people what their favorite songs are because if you ask me that I'm gonna say I have no idea but any country song and hip hop song that you're liking recently? So it's going to be, this is, this is a little bit interesting. It's actually a Beyonce song called Brown uh, Skin Girl. You know, I've got a little girl. And uh, for some reason, that song spoke to me and my relationship with my little girl, you know, um, and just giving her the power and the confidence to succeed in this world. And so every time it's just her and I, like when I'm taking her to school and such, um, you know, we listen to that song and she sings it and, and I sing it. And it's a cool little like father daughter moment for, for me. Um, so if I had to think of one particular song, that, that song comes to mind. But you're right. I don't know what my favorite song is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's too many out there. And, you know, I, I'm blanking at the moment. But Well, Queen, Queen Bee is always a good choice. So I'm with that. Yeah with that for sure yeah. that's cool uh <laughs> personal connection to music is you know something very important to me so love that story um 
I don't know if you're a big concert goer before the pandemic, but I always like to ask my guests on the show, what's the best concert you've ever been to? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I haven't been to a lot of concerts, but there's one that I remember just having a complete blast at. It happened to be a Jay-Z concert at the Staples Center. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get box seats as well. And I just, it was just so much fun. And he had a couple guests, you know, fingers come out of, you know, oh, as yeah. they usually do. Um, but he knew how to throw a show. Uh, and his team knew how to do it and put on a show. And it was just from the start to the end, you didn't want it to end. And so I'll always remember that show. It was a great time. That sounds like a fun show for sure. I'd love to see Jay-Z live. All right, last one. If next week the whole world returned normal and we could go do whatever we wanted, what concert would you go see? Oh, wow. Uh, that is a good question. Um, you know, I haven't heard a lot of the, the new music, but I remember, uh, you know, loving his music before. If, if he's still, you know, on tour, is Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just thought that guy had so much swag. <laughs> he does, man. I bet that'd be a you hell know? of a show too. Yeah, I've heard he can put on a heck of a show, and, and you know, I've seen some of the stuff on TV and, and when he's putting on live shows, and it just looks like so much fun. And and what I love is that it's a whole stage experience, and not just him. Yeah, he's got dancers with him. Um, you know, it feels very inclusive, and so I think I think I'd pick a Bruno Mars show. I think that's a great choice. Definitely a great choice. Awesome. Let's all right, go. Ed. Well, that's all I have for you today, man. Um, this is the, the time in the show where you get parting thoughts again. And if you want to, you can tell people how they can reach you. But it sounds like that people haven't had any trouble getting your contact information here recently. <laughs> yeah, it feels like uh, it's all over the place, which is cool. You know, I'm again, I love meeting new people and and I feel like it's it's just a wonderful opportunity for me to learn because my clients, my my community end up becoming the beneficiaries of that. You know, any knowledge I get, I love to share it, right? You know, where the, the student becomes a teacher. But you know, my my thoughts are this, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? And and I mean that from a knowledge perspective, from a per professional perspective, from a personal growth perspective. So always seek to do better uh, when you can. Um, stay humble, stay hungry and uh you know keep fighting a good fight until next time this has been ballads and benefits <laughs>